The Productive Woman, Episode 183. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about dealing with the challenges of a non-standard work schedule. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 183. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks and Text Expander. FreshBooks is an online accounting service that I use that is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to the Productive Woman listeners. To claim it, go to freshbooks.com woman and enter the Productive Woman in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Text Expander is a new sponsor, and I am really excited about this. I have used Text Expander, I don't even know how long, at least six, seven years, maybe. Uh, I started out using it on my Mac and my iOS devices. And I got to tell you, one of the happiest days of my work life was when they released it for Windows-based computers. And I got it installed on my computer at my former law firm. And I had to go through all kinds of hoops to get our IT and our security people to approve it. And I literally laughed out loud and did a happy dance because I rely so much on Text Expand. It simply helps you communicate smarter, saves you a ton of time. The idea of Text Expander is you create what they call snippets out of things that you type repeatedly. And snippets are simply little shortened versions, little abbreviations that you type one, two, three, four characters that can turn into, expand into longer pieces of text. So anything you send repeatedly, say directions to your home or business, you know, if you have to give that out. mailing addresses, meeting agendas, website URLs. Uh, If you're in a sales business and you get lots of questions, the same questions over and over, you could create a snippet to type that, that will pop into, you know, expand into the answers that you give repeatedly. Reference requests, names you find difficult to spell. Those are just a few things that you can use Text Expander for. I have, oh, I should have counted. I mean, I have got probably at least a couple hundred snippets, information that I need to type regularly, but don't have memorized, like certain URLs for websites. My state bar numbers as a lawyer, I'm a member of the Texas State Bar and the Washington State Bar. I don't have those numbers memorized, but I can type two or three characters and it expands into and fills in my state bar numbers instructions for conference call dial-ins that I have to do all the time. Instead of having to retype it every time, I just type three characters and it expands into all the information with the dial-in number and the code and all that. Those are a few things. Um, I have snippets for emails that I send frequently for my law practice, including some that are several paragraphs long of formatted text with drop-down options. So I can, you know, have a little, put a little drop-down into it so I can put the person's name or the date that we're going to meet or different things like that. I, I mean, I literally use it all the time, every day, and it's it's an amazing thing. You can use your snippets in any app on a Mac, on an iPad, an iPhone, and on a Windows-based PC using a, a quick searcher by typing your own, you know, custom abbreviation that you've created. They even have features in Text Expander now that allow you to share snippets with your team so that you can all be using the same snippets to create the same kind of responses, say, to customers or clients. There are just so many things that you can do with Text Expander. I can't even tell you how much I love this app. It's one of the first things that I install on any machine that I work on because I almost can't function without it. it's, It's become so automatic for me to type certain things. I mean, when I type, I type the word productivity a lot. It's kind of a long word. I don't have to. I type 
P-R-O-D-Y, and it expands into the longer one. That's just one one example of a snippet that I use many times a day. And that's the, the magic of snippets. One example of what you can do to communicate smarter using Text Expander. So you can visit textexpander.com slash podcast to get 20% off your first year of Text Expander. Uh, be sure to choose the productive woman from their how did you hear about Text Expander question so they'll know we send you. I think they give you a free trial as well when you you know subscribe or when you sign up for it. You'll get 20% off that first year. And they'll ask you the question, how did you hear about it? There's a little drop down there. Please choose the productive woman so they know that I sent you. Love it so much. I'm so excited to have them as a sponsor. So again, visit textexpander.com slash podcast and give it a try. I think you're going to love it as much as I do. Okay. That's a lot of stuff to to go through. And now let's get into the topic for this week's episode. This is another topic that was inspired by a conversation in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. Somebody brought up, you know, this question of how do you stay productive when you're dealing with a non-standard work schedule? And I thought, you know, that's a great question. I don't have all the answers there, but I kind of put it out to the community. Well, I mean, tons of people responded to her question. And then I said, I'm going to do an episode about this. And so I I kind of put it out there and asked for more feedback. And I'm going to share some of their tips and ideas in this episode. So before we get into it, what are we talking about when we say a non-standard work schedule? Basically, it's anything other than the typical, you know, nine to five or eight to five schedule that uh, we think of as a typical work day. A non-standard schedule might be shift work. It might be working nights. It might be working weekends. It might be working split shifts where you work for a few hours one time a day, go home for a few hours, and then come back. It might be an on-call schedule. Anything other than just that standard nine to five. Now, I'm not going to be talking in this episode about schedules where you or your partner work remotely for long periods of time. Things like military deployments or oil field work or, you know, something like that. That might be a topic for another episode, uh, but I'm not going to talk about that this time. That's a whole different set of issues, I think. Uh, According to the research that I did, I mean, there was a ton of it out there. One report that was published by the Economic Policy Institute in 2015, a report on irregular work scheduling and its consequences, noted that about 10% of the U.S. workforce is assigned to irregular and on-call work shift times. Uh, Another article published in the Journal of Marriage and Family way back in 2008 noted that according to estimates from the United States Bureau of Labor, Over 15 million full-time wage and salary employees work on an alternate shift, and over a quarter of two-income couples have at least one spouse working a non-standard shift. So this was clear back in 2008. A 2015 Urban Institute article says that one in five adult workers in the United States work most of their hours between 6 p.m. and 6 a.m., that is working overnight or else on weekends. Uh, Kelly in the Productive Woman community introduced to me, me to a term that I hadn't heard before. Um, she used the phrase a gig economy. I had to look it up, honestly. And I found, I learned something new from that. So thanks, Kelly. Uh, one Forbes article defined the gig economy as the increased tendency for businesses to hire independent contractors and short-term workers and the increased availability of workers for these short-term arrangements. And according to the articles that I read, uh, the gig economy includes businesses like Uber and TaskRabbit, uh, TaskRabbit but also more so-called traditional businesses that are moving toward hiring independent contractors rather than employees. The the phrase gig economy um, comes from the idea that people are working discrete gigs, um, you know, jobs that are just short-term, one-off kinds of things rather than just a, a, and I'm using air quotes, permanent full-time position. Um, 
one article um, that I read says that Intuit, the business Intuit, estimates that gig workers currently represent 34% of the workforce and uh, being on pace to reach 43% by 2020. And there were some articles that I read that gave similar statistics in the UK. I didn't didn't have a chance to kind of research the whole world, but those were some things that came up in my original research. So there's obviously, it's a thing. There's a lot of articles out there about the impacts of these these, uh, non-standard schedules. And the challenges are there, whether it's you or your spouse working in the non-standard schedule. Uh, The 2015 Economic Policy Institute report found that employees who work irregular shift times experience greater work-family conflict and sometimes experience greater work stress. And I mean, this was like a, a... scientific slash sociological study of families who um, have at least one person in the household working one of these non-standard shifts and found that they experience greater work-family conflict, meaning work conflicting with family things or family uh, commitments interfering with work. That report also noted that working on rotating and split shift times is also associated with work family conflict. So, you know, that's it's it's out there, the issues are there, they're raised. It's it brings challenges to the household if it's you working uh, these non-standard shifts or if you, you know, your partner, your spouse is working a non-standard shift, it creates issues of varying types. It has an impact on your family time. That is, it can uh, have impacts on parenting. There was a 2012 national survey in the United States, survey of early childhood care and education that says there are difficulties in arranging childcare if you're working these uh, unusual or non-standard schedules. The study said that only an estimated 8% of center-based Childcare providers and 34% of the listed home based providers in the US offer care during non standard hours. So it becomes an issue. That's just one issue that arises if you're working a non standard schedule and you have children in your home. Uh, the stresses of non standard work schedules add to stress at the home. Uh, one of these articles said that parents with a non with non standard hours are according to this study, more tired, anxious, irritable, and stressed, making children's delinquency, aggression, and other negative behaviors more likely. That was the result of this one particular study. Um, You know, I don't want to you know, be real negative about things, but this is an impact that many families are dealing with in in the parenting realm, the impacts of the non-standard schedule on parenting. It also has its impacts on the marital relationship. There are several of these articles cited studies that on the, the stresses on relationships and found higher levels of marital dissatisfaction in couples where one one or both of the, the partners work a, a non-standard schedule. The, I, the, the point there, I guess, is when you're not on the same schedule, it's hard to spend time together. And when you're tired and stressed, it's hard to have positive time together. So it has an impact. One of, one of the listeners, a member of the community, Jill, uh, shared an example of that. Um, she says, I am the non-standard schedule person, and I work in a completely opposite schedule to my partner. She says the the challenge there is, she puts it, my time is technically flexible because I mostly set my own hours, but his is not. Given his lack of flexibility, there's an expectation that I should stop my routine to work around his and meet his needs. And this is a constant struggle. Uh, And you can see how that would be if you've got you know, you kind of control your schedule, your partner doesn't, and there's an expectation when, when that person comes home, you're going to kind of accommodate them. That can be a challenge because you're still trying to do your stuff, do the things you need to do, uh, which is why, 
Jill says, I'd love to hear about how to negotiate family time when it directly cuts into what would be my productive work time. I feel strongly that my my work time is just as important. And she points out that there are other issues at play for us as women. There, There's the whole second shift thing, the, the idea that statistically, we talked about this recently in the Having It All episode, but this idea that statistically women who, you know, work at, at a job, also come home and then work more at home. And there are societal expectations about what women will do to accommodate and support um, the needs of the people around them. And that kind of weighs into it. We talked about some of that, but it, it factors in here. And it's, uh, I think, part of this ongoing conversation that we need to have as a society and as women. Um, and so, this is one example of where having a partner or one of the partners having a non-standard schedule can be a challenge because of trying to find the time when you're both in the same, you know, in the same space and can spend time together without, while still being able to get your work done and do the things. Uh, Non-standard schedules can be challenging for just social life in general. So there are impacts on your social life. If you're working nights, it's hard to, you know, get out and do things with your friends. If if your friends are day workers and, and you know, they want to socialize in the evening, but that's when you're at work. Kind of the obvious things there. So what are some of the issues and challenges that come up? A lot of them are very similar to what all of us deal with, but they're just this twist on it of of working with an unusual schedule. The work world and, and in many ways, the business world in general are kind of designed around the assumption of a nine to five or eight to five work schedule. And if you're not on that schedule, it can be difficult. Uh, one of the challenges that comes up is just keeping track of everything. It's kind of easy if your schedule is the same and it's the standard nine to five, eight to four, whatever, you know what your work schedule is, you know when you're available for other things. But if you have um, an adjustable schedule or a, just a, a rotating schedule or any of those other kinds of things, it can be really hard to keep track of who's going to be where at what time when you have people in the household working different schedules. Another challenge or, or something that needs to be dealt with is just the adjustment physically and mentally to a variable schedule. And the studies that I talked about a little earlier, a lot of them talk about the impacts of that and how difficult it can be physically and, and mentally to adjust to a schedule that changes all the time. And, you know, I will say it becomes even, it, it becomes more difficult in that situation, but even more important to take care of yourself, to have good nutrition, hydration, and to get enough rest. And sleep becomes a challenge if you're on a, a non-standard schedule. Anybody who's ever worked the night shift knows that takes some getting used to. And it's even worse if um, your schedule is variable. You know, you work some days, some nights, that kind of thing. Uh, but working nights creates its own unique challenges for getting enough sleep because our bodies are, you know, kind of conditioned to be awake when the sun's up. And Deidre, one of the members of the community, community talked about that. She says her, her husband's done shift work for years. She says some of the things we did to accommodate his ever-changing schedule, which included graveyard shifts, was to get him earplugs and eye masks and to install room darkening shades. So those are just some real practical things that can be done if you or your partner are on a night shift and you need to sleep during the day. Uh, you know, dealing with the light is one thing, dealing with the noise, whether it's kids or dogs or, you know, repairmen or people coming into the house is another thing. That's something that becomes a challenge to deal with. Uh, we've already talked about that childcare can be a real challenge. Uh, and uh, being able to attend family events or activities becomes a challenge if school events are held in the evenings and you're working at that time, then it becomes difficult to to be able to to participate in those things and creating a flexible routine that helps you get the things done that need to be done and kind of feel at peace about things. We've talked so many times in the past about the importance of rituals and routines in helping us to be productive. And that is hard to do when your schedule varies. 
And so we'll, we'll talk about, uh, we've got a few tips here, but this is, this is one of those topics that I think is going to be an ongoing conversation and certainly in the Facebook group and, and elsewhere, I would love to have your feedback and your ideas to help those who are on these uh, alternative or non-standard schedules figure out how to deal with some of these challenges. And if you're one of those people, what's worked for you or what are your challenges? Share those with me um, either in the Facebook group, if you're a member of that, or send me an email because we can maybe reach out to the community to get some more ideas. So overall, kind of the big picture, I think to deal with this, um, to to stay productive when you have a non-standard schedule, you really have to get back to the basics. They're, the basics of productivity, the things we talk about all the time become, e- I think, even more important if you've got the extra twist of this non-standard schedule. So when I say basics, I mean things like writing things down, your schedule, your to-dos, having a central or shared calendar and to-do list can really help if you and your spouse or your kids are on different schedules and you're not in the room together to give updates, um, you know, to have a schedule posted in a central place where everybody can see it that shows, here's my work schedule, here's your work schedule, here's the kids' activities, that sort of thing, uh, or a shared electronic calendar where everybody can know who's doing what, when, who's got to be where, when. It, it just becomes really essential. Other things, Otherwise, things really do slip through the cracks. Definitely planning ahead. And the community offered some great suggestions there that I'm going to share here in just a second. But being very intentional about what you do and what you don't do, what you set aside for a different season of life. Nancy uh, in the community kind of gave gave some thoughts to this point. Uh, She says, for most of my career, I've had crazy work schedules. I limited the scheduled family activities outside the home to those that brought enough joy to make the effort to get us there worthwhile. She said this was particularly important since I might be working during the hours of those activities and I might not be around to, as she put it, mom guilt the kids uh, into getting there. Uh, She said, often I had only the vaguest idea of how my week would look. For eight years, I only knew what time I would start working and never the time I would finish, whether eight hours or 20 hours later. So for my home life, I had to automate as much as possible, two-week meal plans, automatic bills, speed cleaning, those sorts of things. And she made the point, when the kids got to high school, they were allowed to participate in any and all activities they could get themselves to. Luckily, she says, we live next door to the high school. So it made them easy to get to their things. But, you know, that I liked that idea to, to the point of being intentional about what you commit to and what you carve out of your schedule. Um, she, you know, where she says during that phase of her life, they limited those scheduled family activities outside the home to those that brought enough joy to make the effort to get us there worthwhile. Really a great point. Another suggestion uh, that kind of goes to the point of being intentional, a couple of people brought this up, is to figure out when you can work best, both energy-wise and interruption-wise, and get some help if you can. Tay said that she at one point worked a non-standard schedule with her kids at home with her while she managed a business full-time and attended graduate school online. And she said, my advice would be to make use of the time when the children are not awake. For me, that was 4 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. before the kids would wake, lunchtime, nap time, and when their father returned home. Um, and so in the early morning, she used that to get to her most important tasks. Uh, on the days, she says, on the days I had classes, my kids went to daycare to allow me time to focus. My, my advice, her advice was get a nanny to come over when you have important meetings or get general help. That way the kids can be in the next room, but you're free to focus. And, you know, maybe you can't afford a full-time nanny, but perhaps finding a local high school or junior high student to come in and help with the kids. I've had friends who, um, 
they worked kind of a non-standard schedule in that they were piano teachers. These are a couple different friends that I knew were piano teachers. So they did most of their teaching in the afternoons and evenings and they were home, but they needed to be undisturbed. And so in some cases they would hire a, you know, a mature junior high age student or a high school student to come to the house and to care for the kids in another room while they taught their piano lessons. So getting help is important if you can. Emily reiterates the idea of finding your productive time. She says, I found out early, I can't start big projects after eight at night because it will take two or three times as long as if I'd started them earlier in the day. Uh, She says, I now work half my day in the morning, then the rest of my day after six. So anything big, I have to start in that early time or it will slow me down later. So if you uh, have control over your schedule. And some of the studies said that for those on alternating, uh, alternating schedules, uh, unusual schedules, the more control they had over that schedule, uh, the better they felt about it, the less the impacts were. If, if you have the ability, become really aware of when you're most alert, when you're most energetic, when you're most able to focus and adjust your work accordingly. That's good advice for all of us, but especially for those who are dealing with those um, unusual schedules. Teamwork and communication are critical. If you're in a household with other people and you're on different schedules, whichever one of you is on the non-standard schedule, or maybe you both are, uh, you've got to be able to communicate and work together. So find ways to communicate when you're not home at the same time, whether it's a whiteboard in the kitchen, uh, text messaging each other, shared calendars, whatever way you can communicate the important things, make sure everybody knows everyone's work schedule, all those sorts of things. Um, Mansi, and forgive me if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly, Mansi or Mansi, uh, said her husband's a physician and works a varied schedule every day. And what she's found to work so far is a planning session before the month starts. She says, where we sit down and go through the schedule for the coming month on our Google shared calendar. Uh, We also create a weekly plan on a whiteboard that shows everyone's schedule. So when you're not all at the house, you know, home at the same time very often, or, you know, if you are one of you sleeping, it becomes really important to have a system in place to communicate this stuff. And I love this idea of, you know, a sit down uh, together to look at the month ahead, get the get the important things onto the calendar so we all know what's up. And I would say also let the kids pull some of the load, uh, especially if they're older. Make sure, make make it them responsible for making sure their stuff is on the calendar. I used to tell my kids, you know, if it's not on the calendar, it's not happening. And back then I kept a big calendar on the refrigerator and it was everybody's job to put their stuff on there, especially if they needed me to drive them somewhere. It better be on the calendar well ahead. Otherwise they'd be walking. Uh, They can help with the household things to buy time for, you know, you to all be together. And if they're old enough to drive, they can run errands or chauffeur siblings. So help, they, they can contribute to the household and make things work a little more smoothly when somebody's on an odd schedule. I think it becomes really important if if you or your spouse or partner are on a non-standard schedule and you're juggling those sorts of things, uh, the studies are all very clear that this is a stressful way of life. And honestly, did any of us need to be told, you know, need a study to tell us that? Um, we all know that by experience when somebody's on a, a non-standard schedule. Uh, my husband, Mike, used to work as a, a planner at a nuclear power plant. And when they would go, oh, I want to say every 18 months or so, they would go into an outage uh, and they would work long, long shifts and overnight and stuff, really crazy shifts. Um, and we had some of these challenges of figuring out, okay, when's dad going to be home? What's, you know, what's going on? And it's a very stressful time, very stressful experience. So you've got to, um, uh, I think it's important to learn and practice mechanisms for reducing stress. It, it's, 
very important because, again, those studies indicate those non-standard schedules create higher levels of stress, and stress is not healthy for us. So learning those techniques, whether it's meditation, self-care of all types, especially finding ways to get adequate sleep, good nutrition, daily movement, those things are important. Journaling uh, to deal with the, help you deal with the stress, and laughter, finding ways to laugh with the people you love or, you know, watching silly videos or whatever. But find Finding ways to cope with the stress becomes really important. Meal planning is a big challenge that came up uh, several times in the conversation in the Facebook group. Uh, it's such a challenge if, you know, you're not on that schedule where everybody comes home at five o'clock and we sit down to eat dinner at six. When one or more people in the household are on a non-standard schedule, that's out the window. So what do you do with that? everybody said planning ahead is critical. Sue said planning meals is important for me, stops me from getting takeaway, takeout food a lot of the time because I'm coming and going at odd times. I will pack my lunch or dinner or both. So planning ahead, thinking ahead of time what the meals are going to be and planning for that will can help you eat a little bit better. Uh, Dandy said, to make meal planning easier for my family, we eat chicken every other day and fill in the other days with a variety of different meats. I try to look at flyers to see what is on sale. If not, I just use our go-to meals, beef, pork, etc. And then I add how to cook each depending on what we still have in the cabinet so they don't go to waste. Um, and so she had different ideas, chicken with baked potatoes, pulled pork sandwiches. And this has been very helpful and easy. She puts the meal plan with the shopping list. And before she goes to the cashier, she checks it real quick to make sure she got everything. So planning ahead, thinking it through, making sure you have everything on hand and getting, I would add getting your family involved in the meal prep if you're not uh, going to be there all the time. Sharon talked about her schedule. Uh, they have a very crazy kind of rolling five-week schedule that um, where they cover a police control room that they're manning 24 hours a day. And she works a range of hours and her husband works nights during the weekend. They have two teenagers with some after-school activities and so on. She says, I plan our meals for a week ahead and shop on my day off. I also keep up with laundry, a load every day and extra one at night if possible. Uh, she says, I look at my schedule and any additional commitments when planning meals and I try to have them cooked beforehand so my husband can heat and serve or load the slow cooker before I leave for work. Then he only needs to to sort the side dishes or vegetables. Um, and then they plan kind of a traditional, she says, their traditional home roast dinner on her day off every week so that they have time to sit down and have a meal together. Uh, but again, it calls for planning ahead. Another thing you can do for meals to consider is if your budget will allow, try one of those delivery services if it's available where you are, like HelloFresh or Blue Apron, where they send you a box each week with uh, the meals already planned for you, the re the rest of the menu, the recipes, all the ingredients are in there, and all you have to do is put them together. That's kind of nice. It takes the stress of needing to come up with the meal plans for the week off of you and the shopping, a lot of it's done for you. I've tried both of those services, um, liked them both. For me, I found that the HelloFresh recipes were easier and quicker to prepare. I loved the Blue Apron food, but they were more they were, they were, they would be fun to cook like together. But for, for me, I tried them back when I was uh, staying at the, the apartment in Dallas during the week when, uh, for that period of time, when I, we had that apartment in Dallas close to my office then. Uh, and it was a lot of work for a meal just for me. Uh, they, but the food was delicious. Another idea is, you know, cooking once a month or once a week on a day off to have the meals ready to go, kind of what Sharon was saying, uh, to plan ahead, have it already cooked so all you have to do is heat it up. And and again, get the family involved if you can figure out by doing looking ahead in the month, a day when everybody's going to be home, get everybody in on the act, cutting and prepping food and cooking and getting everything ready. So it's all going to be there. The snacks are all pre-prepped and, and you've got food ready to go. So those are a few ideas. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you manage meal planning if you've got somebody in your household on a non-standard schedule. Uh, ultimately, you know, planning and tracking things is really key. Uh, 
figuring out ways to be productive when you're on a varied schedule and and how to have more time together despite that varied schedule. I think some of the things that you can do to stay productive when your schedule varies from one day to the next, I think it's very important to maintain a good project or task management system and build the habit of checking it regularly. That that if all your projects, all your tasks are in that one system and you've got them kind of tagged with um, maybe with the amount of time a task takes or the amount of energy you have, that lets you pick things up where you left off when and as time allows. Sort sort your tasks by time and energy. That might help you so that uh, the evening before or the morning of, you can scam, skim through your list and say, all right, I'm going to have 30 minutes at today to work on tasks. What have I got here that I can knock out during that period of time? Just really becomes important to have that comprehensive project slash task management system and check it constantly so that you can be getting things done. Finding time together, again, that's such a huge challenge. It's a big part of why these these things can be so stressful. You have to think outside the box. Instead of Friday night, date night, I, I remember somebody in one of our other conversations in the Facebook group talked about meeting for breakfast because that was the time when you, you know, they could both be available. Maybe it's when, if you work nights and your partner works days, maybe you're getting home as, as they're getting ready to leave, but you've got that little window of time that maybe you can meet for breakfast and have a sit down and chat. Um, during that, those years when, when I was staying in, uh, at the apartment during the week and Mike was here, or there was another period of time where he was staying out of town during the week for his job and then coming home on the weekends, we developed, uh, the habit of one or the other of us would call while on the way driving home from work just to check in, uh, see how things were going so we could, you know, stay in touch, stay, stay connected, make, we made a habit of, of that. Uh, maybe plan little getaways when you can. That's where um, oh, whose whose idea was this? Looking looking at the month ahead, uh, Mansi Mansi, uh, you know, looking at the month ahead, seeing is there is there a, a weekend here, or a couple of days in the middle of the week, depending on what your work schedule is, where we could get away for a couple of days, even if it's just to you know local hotel or bed and breakfast, just to get away, reconnect, spend some time together, away from work. Use the other tips that we've we've talked about in this episode and others to do the necessary things as efficiently as possible so that when you do have time off from work at the same time, it doesn't have to be spent on errands and chores. Dinah talked about how when uh, her kids were little, she says her, her husband ran a business that meant he was traveling a lot. She was studying at university and she kept a simple Excel spreadsheet that listed all the key things like her classes, the kids' extracurricular activities, housework. She said, the more disciplined I was at, at sticking to the schedule, the easier it was to fit everything in and feel a semblance of control. Dandy said she used something similar to a family calendar that she created in Excel also. So there's two of them that use Excel. She says, it helps me to know where everyone needs to be. My work schedule, kids' curriculum, early release days, school schedule, appointments, and husband's work schedule. And then I schedule what I need to do, cooking, how I need to help them, drive them, watch their games, etc. I look for open times and that's when I schedule daily chores, workouts, and me times. She says, if I didn't plan it, I would never get anything done and always feel chaotic. So I thought that was helpful. Um, just the idea is to have that calendar uh, wh- that has everybody's stuff on it so you can see where there are overlaps that need to be dealt with, where there are gaps where, hey, maybe we could fit in you know, a family fun time here. Michelle says, I swear by time blocking on my Google Calendar. And I, uh, lots, lots of people use that where you know, just blocking out those chunks of time for things that need to get done. And this is a good tool for staying productive. You know, It may not be that you can say every Tuesday from two to four, I do this and et cetera, because your work schedule changes. But whatever, however far ahead you can look for that period of time, 
figure out what your work schedule is and block out the time on your schedule for the other things you need and want to do. Um, and, and Sarah said something similar. She's the working mom of two young kids and, um, her schedule is very random and varies weekly. So she has a moving target problem. Uh, she said her, her best way to deal with this is as she puts it, just sit down before a work week begins and strategize where I'll put each of my, and um, quotes tiles on my mosaic. And she's referencing, something, a book called, I know how she does it. And I'll put a link in the show notes because she recommends it very highly. She said it's, it was extremely helpful and describes the mosaic project that I'm referencing, which is a big study on how successful working moms manage their time. And many of these cases were pretty irregular schedules. Uh, and, and so sounds like this book would be a really great resource. I haven't read it yet, but thank you, Sarah, for sharing that. I'll put a link so we can all check it out. Again, create routines to the to the extent that you can, but you got to be flexible when there are non-standard work schedules. Another Sarah, different Sarah, uh, said that she she's had a non-standard schedule ever since she left the full-time role she held at a major research university. She says, the biggest things I rely on are my calendar, my to-do list, and my daily habits. She said, I have found that no matter how varied each day is, there are certain routines I stick with. I wake up very early because it's my most creative time and I can get big and little projects done in record time that would take much longer later in the day. Most people, she says, reserve Fridays to catch up and ease into the weekend. I try to reserve Wednesdays. That way I know I can push hard for two days, catch up for a day, uh, meaning that I have fewer calls and meetings scheduled that day, and then push hard for another two days. Um, she tries to do laundry and food shopping during the week so it doesn't loom on the weekends and she doesn't work on Saturdays. She says, whatever your schedule and whatever your beliefs, I strongly recommend picking one day per week that is a total day of rest and relaxation. And, you know, the idea there is to create some routines that may have to flex a little bit to accommodate that non-standard schedule, but create routines that work with your work <laughs> and uh, they help you to become more efficient and they do all those things that routines do for us. Another idea is to make use of technology and automate wherever you, whatever you can. We've we heard that mentioned earlier, but I'm, you know, I'm thinking of things like programmable crockpots, setting up automatic bill pay so you don't have to spend time doing that, having standing grocery delivery orders if it's available where you live, or using Amazon Prime Pantry or their subscribe and save service. And I'll put links to as much of this as, as I can find in the show notes for this episode, but seeing if you can find those kinds of things that just automate so you don't have to think about it anymore. You know, using the subscribe and save, you can have everything from toilet paper to dog food um, and everything in between just delivered on a regular standing order and you don't have to think about it. We've heard about that in previous episodes as well. Dandy said she watched a YouTube video about using the delayed start on her washing machine. Uh, and a lot of modern washing machines have this. I, I, I know mine has the feature. I've never tried to use it. So I thought this was interesting. And so Dandy says she... Uh, she says, I time the washer to start at 4 a.m. And then when I wake up, I put it in the clothes in the dryer. So she starts, has it set on a timer, the clothes are in there, everything's ready to go. And it's set on, a, on, on the timer to start running at 4 a.m. So by the time she wakes up, the load is finished washing. She can toss it in the dryer, go on about her business. And when the kids get home from school, they grab their clothes and put them away. She says, "I uh, this helps because I forget to put the clothes in the dryer before going to bed and it has to be rewashed, which is annoying. Some other things, uh, again, back in the planning thing, Deidre talks about that her family uses an online family calendar, the Cozy. We've talked, we've, I've had that mentioned before. I, I need to check that out. Uh, that allows her to share and color code everyone's activities. And she said they get their family together once or twice a week to get everybody's activities entered on there. And that makes sure that everybody can get where they need to be at the right time. Um, if her husband is working or sleeping and she has to shuttle them all. And she says, 
And I thought this was interesting and a, and a good good kind of note to add on. I, I, I certainly haven't given a lot of expert advice here because there's just too many things that I don't know the answers to. I thought we've gotten some great tips from members of the community, but I think there's more we could come up with. And I'd love to have your feedback on this, your ideas. But a lot of dealing with the challenges of a non-standard work schedule, just like dealing with any other schedule or challenges in life, has to do with our own mindset. Um, Deidre said that, you know, her husband has done this, been on shift work for years, including graveyard shifts. And she says, we homeschooled for many years, which allowed us to have a more flexible schedule, including taking non-standard days off. We were able to go to venues that are normally crowded on weekends in the middle of the week and enjoy our family time. I realize this is not for everyone, but for a time it worked very well for us. That was our experience. And that was one of the nice things, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier for, for a years, Mike worked at the nuclear power plant. And when they would be on outage, he'd work long, long hours. He wasn't around very much. And I, as it happened, I was homeschooling the kids at that time. So if, if they had been in school, they wouldn't have seen him for weeks at a time because they'd be at school when he was at home and awake, and they'd be home when he was either at work or asleep. And so this was, uh, it, it gave us the opportunity to spend time together and do things. She says, uh, when we used to have frequent shift rotations, I had written I had written time schedules that I rotated through depending on the shift. It included things like meal times, whether I needed to pack a lunch or dinner for that shift, times to take the kids on outings so he could sleep well, etc. Honestly, it usually took the first few days of a new shift to settle into the routine, even with cheat sheets. So I like that idea of having a cheat sheet that if you've got rotating shifts. Just plan a different different schedule or routine for each of those possible shifts and pull out the one that applies and kind of use that as a cheat sheet. But what, what, what I wanted to end with your mention here was what she ended with. She says, whenever it seemed hard, I tried to remember the advantages of the non-standard schedule. And I think that's important. I think it's a good thing to think about what are those advantages? Being maybe able to go to, you know, certain places, businesses or events during the week when the rest of the world's at work and, and not having to fight the crowds. Uh, what, what are the, the, the advantages that you can think of? Like, like everything else in life, one key to dealing with this is in our own attitude. We can look for the good in any situation. It's not easy but it can be done. And you, we can use the tools and resources we talk about on this show, uh, task managers, calendars, batching, planning ahead to make the most of our time. We can be intentional about we, what we do, take some time with the others in our family to really think honestly about what matters most and what can give way to allow time for that. And if you are in this phase of life and dealing with non-standard schedules, simplifying your life as much as possible is going to help reduce the stress of that non-standard schedule and allow you to still be productive, both in the sense of getting the things done that matter most, but also uh, in the sense of making a life that matters. And so those are some thoughts. I appreciate the the folks that contributed ideas here. I'd love to hear from you. I mean, what do you think? Do you or does someone in your household work a non-standard schedule? How do you make it work? Please share your thoughts, your your ideas, your suggestions, or your questions, either in the comments section of the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 183. Or post a comment or question in on the Productive Woman Facebook page. Or if you're in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, you definitely share your comments or thoughts there because I think this is something we can continue to add to our collective idea bank on how to deal with this. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately about this episode, as always, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I'd love to hear from you. 
Uh, real quick before we go, remember, uh, I want to say thank you to FreshBooks for sponsoring this episode. FreshBooks is an online accounting software that I could not manage my business finances without. I've used it for well over a year, and they're offering you a chance to use it all access, all the features for 30 days, no no credit card required, I think, but it's absolutely free for that 30 days. So you can try out all the different features and see what would work for you. And if you're a freelancer, solopreneur, uh, you run a small business, it, it's, it's definitely worth checking it out. If you're not happy with how you're managing your finances, if you're spending more time on it than you'd like to, if you're struggling to get paid, uh, FreshBooks can help. And you can do that by visiting freshbooks.com com slash woman. Uh, it's got all the features you need to manage your business finances very efficiently. You know, I love the fact that you can customize the invoices using your logo, your, your brand colors, and then send it from your phone even with just, a, or from your computer with a click of a couple buttons send that invoice off to your customer. They can click on a button in it and pay you online. Uh, And it's just very simple, very easy. You can use the dashboard to, uh, to see how your finances are doing, what invoices are pending, what time you've spent. If you use it, the time tracking feature, all of it's right there. It's just a great tool for managing your business finances. And I highly recommend it. And you can take advantage of that 30-day unrestricted free trial by going to freshbooks.com woman. Be sure to enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section. And I, I hope you love it. And thank you also to Text Expander. I'm excited to have Text Expander as a sponsor. It's one of those tools I cannot uh, work without. I really can't. So you can visit textexpander.com slash podcast uh, for a, I think you get a 30-day free trial, but you definitely can get 20% off your first year by um, using that link, textexpander.com slash podcast. And they be sure to select the productive woman from their how did you hear about text expander questions so they know that we sent you. Thank you so much to Text Expander and to FreshBooks for supporting the productive woman. And that's it, my friends, for this episode of The Productive Woman. I am thankful to you for spending this time with me. Hope you found it helpful. I hope you found it encouraging. Hope you got an idea that maybe you can uh, put into practice this week to make your life a little better. Let me know if that's the case. I, I want to hear from you and uh, and help help make you your life better and help you make a life that matters. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.